Hello guys and girls and welcome to episode 73 of the F Reality podcast. This is a weekly VR, AR and MR talk show live streamed every Saturday on YouTube, Facebook and on Twitch. You can tune into the show live at 7pm in Europe, 6pm in the UK and 12 midday in Central US. You can also check out the audio version which is available on iTunes, SoundCloud and Anchor. Thank you again to everyone that helped us reach our goal of a thousand subscribers on our YouTube channel. We really appreciate all your support. And thank you for those of you that have joined us live in the chat today. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback during the show, please put them in the chat. We'll try to answer as many questions as we can. Now it is time for me to introduce you to the team. First up, let's welcome our new president, not of the US, not of Earth, but our new president of the moon. Is of course Rowdy Guy. How you doing, man? You all right? I'm all right. I'm all right. I, I first thought like, oh, he's gonna say something funny about Germany, but no, it was it was about me. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but you're good. I'm I'm perfectly fine. Like you know, it's a, being president is a, is an awesome thing to do. I have to I have to say, yeah. like I understand why you know. Some people like to do that. <laughs> you look like you was having a good time, but maybe we'll talk about that more in a little bit. So sure. uh, next up, this guy loves to play with fire, whether that be firewall or fire zone. You bring the meat and he'll bring the heat. It's Zimtok 5. You're such a master <laughs> at those intros, Mike, I swear. Um, you should you should like compile a little book, like, you know, poets compile books. Intros by Mike. Yeah, in the, from, from from virtual reality oasis. Uh, no, I'm I've been good. I've been good. That was uh, fire. Fire zone was was a very interesting midweek surprise, uh, and I will definitely mm. delve into more of that. But otherwise, feeling good this week. Uh, good, back and more vibrant than ever. Good to hear. Good to hear. Looking forward to hearing about that game, fire zone for sure. Uh, next up, this guy is Germany's biggest export since the Bratwurst. German <laughs> VR YouTuber. Voodoo DE, aka Thomas. Welcome to the show, man. How are you? Hi, guys. Greetings from Germany. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. I'm a little bit nervous because you are, you guys are so professional, and this is really awesome. <laughs> well, thank you for saying that. You show up here with that many headsets behind you. You know, you've passed the size requirement. Oh, that, from, that, from my this side. is only fake. That that are no real headsets. <laughs> <laughs> He's no. using a green screen like I am. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> For the audio listeners, uh, Voodoo De, aka Thomas, has got an epic collection of VR headsets behind him on his shelf. He's pretty much got every headset that's ever been released. I think that, on that that's shelf. That's right. right yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is amazing. Uh, so give uh, give Voodoo De a warm welcome in the chat. Everyone say hello to him. Uh, it's going to be awesome having you on the show this week. Thank you again for Thank joining you. us. Uh, if you're missing our little Frisian friend, Nathy, he's on his adventures in China right now. Uh, but he'll be back on the show next week uh, with plenty of stories to tell, I'm sure. So uh, make sure you stay tuned for next week's show to hear what he's been up to in Asia. Uh, but if you're not aware who I am, well, I'm Mike, host of the show from Virtual Reality Oasis. Uh, in today's show, we've got a, a jam-packed episode for you. We're going to be talking about Voodoo's uh, hands-on experiences with all the latest VR and AR tech from CES. We're going to be talking about the latest VR releases to look forward to next week. We're going to be talking about OpenXR. What is it and why should we support it? And much, much more. But of course, let's find out what everyone's been playing uh, in the metaverse this week and their highlight of the week. And then first up is going to be Rowdy to step up to the plate let us know what you've been up to. 
Yeah, actually, um, I, I I went. I mentioned it last week already that I went into like a, a flight simulator. So I tried out not according to Zim's recommendation. I tried out uh, flying aces, uh, and uh, I kind of have to agree with you. It's not. It's definitely not the best flight simulator out there. It, it feels a little bit skippable, mostly because I don't know why, but I had like some weird audio issues in the game. Like the, oh, it, it was like the, the character that was, you have like some kind of character that keeps on like, you know, debriefing you and like telling you what your next mission is. But I mean, his, I mean, the voice acting is not that good, but his, there's something wrong with his voice. And if you, if you look at my video, like you really notice it that he starts like low, but by the end of the conversation, he has like this like very high like nasal kind of voice. So it's like sped up or like the, the frame rate of the audio doesn't really match the bit rate of the video or something. It's something weird going on, but that did deliver some hilarious uh, uh, content. And also, you know, I'm, I'm apparently really terrible at the game. So that also helped a little <laughs> bit. Uh, yeah, I crashed so many of them. Like I only put like a few of them in, but uh, you know, taxpayers money, they say like, it was uh, <laughs> so like this game thing. when it when it first got released there was some real issues with the video as well like there was real strange yeah. video effects yeah. going on in this yeah. game is that Indeed, what I, I heard from, from paradise decay actually uh yeah. i don't know if he's present in the chat he, he probably knows more about it because i didn't i didn't see that uh what i did notice was that the 3d and the debriefing was different from the 3d that i was seeing in the uh in the general cockpit yeah, yeah. um with the 3D in the in the debriefing, it felt a little bit like too much. Like, because it, it it did something weird with it that it like would focus on my hands more than the the, the distance that I was looking at. That's exactly something. It. That's exactly the problem we saw. But I do understand that in the cockpit, they patched out the issues that we saw. Now, what they changed, yeah. I don't know. But I I did see comments again. It was an exchange with PD in a chat on a video i think uh where that yeah. was exchanged so yeah maybe it seems, sounds also like you they, got that kind of you know post patch transition yeah release yeah, but yeah. maybe they didn't address um, it in the intro i did notice that in some parts of the plane it does seem still like 2d textures um i don't know i i, I mean i'm not an expert on this at all so i don't know any specifics but for me certain things should be not so thin <laughs> i think <laughs> It's, it looked really weird in a way, like uh, I, there was like a break and the break was like literally like it looked like a piece of paper that I had to like turn on and off. So it looked uh, a bit weird. But uh, <laughs> isn't yeah. there like a little <laughs> yellow orange tab up here and you're just like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. You have to be very specific. You're like, yeah, it was very weird, was I, I kept on missing it every time I landed. So every time I landed, I like slowed down and then like went on the on the runway. And at the end of the runway, it would be almost still. But then it would like just like roll over and like fall into the ocean. Yeah. Especially when it's so an aircraft carry. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So uh, in terms of this game, like, I don't know if you played uh, Ace Combat on the PSVR. You didn't. No, I haven't. Um, I haven't. But would you, would you recommend this one uh, based on your, your, your flying experience with this one? Um, well, I, I'm not really like a person who plays a lot of flight simulators, so it's not like I really can compare it. But the things that I have played are better than this one. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not really that big into simulators. Um, yeah. But I think there are better ones out there than this one, um, just in general. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think yeah. I, gen- I got that impression from a lot of people that played it. You know, PD included as well. You know, given their their feedback on it, said yeah, that it I, I don't think it's it's bad or something. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I already don't really like flight simulators, maybe because I suck at them so hard. Uh, <laughs> but then, uh, but then uh, it, it didn't really stand out in any other way for me either. So cool. Have you played this one, uh, Vudi? Um, no, I didn't. I, okay, I didn't. cool, cool, cool. You played this one. Did you play this? Game? Oh yeah, yeah. I was the guy who gave it the big stinky thumbs down. I think the last time yeah, we were yeah. talking about it. So yeah, definitely an avoid for me. Yeah. Well, it, it came out with some good clips anyway. Like uh, there's a funny one where uh, Rowdy does try and land on the aircraft carrier, puts on the brakes, and then just rolls off the end, like he said. And it, it turns out to be a funny clip. So just for the funny content alone, it was worth it, I guess. The, the stupid thing was that it, it was standing still on like the edge, but you could like see it like tipping slowly <laughs> to the front. And I was like trying to like lean back, but of course it didn't work in virtual reality. So yeah. <laughs> Okay. Well, let us know, by the way, everyone that's in the chat, what you played this week as well. And uh, we'll read a few of the games that you played uh, at the end of this little segment. But uh, next up, let's talk to uh, Zim and find out what you played and your highlight of the week this week. My highlight, uh, I will be talking about Firezone later. Uh, so I'm going to I'm gonna hold that one for now. But um, I have to say, the thing that surprised me most this week was I dipped back in. I was playing with my green screen mostly this week. And then... Um, I, I played Contractors, and I put on the sub pack, and I had the volume really high up, and holy shit, that was amazing. Like, the amount of thud and, and the, uh, the connectivity between the game audio, which drives the transducer and the sub pack, and the sub pack in your back, oh, it was just perfect. Like, it, it may even score, like, the best marriage between a game title and the sub pack for me over wow. all VR experiences to date. It was that good and to the point where I, I'm, I'm like playing it just to feel it. And I'm going through the guns just to feel the different kind of <laughs> textures through my back. It's amazing. Rowdy. And is it um, is it like on sound base still or is there already some kind of implementation or like some kind of file that you can like combine it with? No. No, it's, it's purely... So so Subpack is completely off of the baseline, essentially. And ah, okay. you, have, you have some... Um, tweaking ability to, to filter out certain frequencies and that's about it that's all the control you have there's no software layer involved and, and i like that because then it's consistent and it works across kind of yeah. all all software that has the right base frequencies involved whether it's like like the other the other time that i would say that the sub pack or a butt kicker is just incredible is that sequence in the first like 15 30 minutes of subnautica where the aurora which is the big uh-huh. kind of spaceship drops down and it goes through this like cataclysmic event, a failure of the main drive warp core, and the ripple and the the explosion that comes is a it's it's so cinematically just like mind watering, amazing that literally I have sat down, played through that segment just to get that feeling, and it's just it just lasts about ten seconds, but it's so gorgeous. So if you do happen to get into tactile stuff, and I'll keep pushing my wares in that space, um, definitely I'd say contractors as a recent title amazing if you want to feel gunshots that's just like feels so good and then uh subnautica for for that sequence the explosion sequence is is definitely the best explosion you can feel right now having logged uh more hours into the game now do you feel like you're improving as well as a player oh god no 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 no. it's the complete opposite we are we are now in what i'll call firewall zone which is game's been out a month I've locked maybe, I don't know, eight to, eight to ten, maybe less hours playtime. It feels like about eight hours. 
And yeah. everyone else, you know, if there was a chart, everyone else would be like way up at the top of Everest and I'd still be, you know, just getting off of sea level. So no, I'm terrible compared to everyone, everyone else in that game. They're amazing. It's, it's one of those things that I do want to keep going back to. And, uh, you know, we talked about ProTube last week and I've got one now. So uh, hopefully next week I'm going to try awesome. jumping in with a ProTube and seeing how that works and if it can maybe improve my game. Uh, so that would be an interesting experiment. But let's um, kick it over to Voodoo then and find out what you've been playing this week and, and what you thought was worth sharing. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I got all, uh, I also had a ProTube some some months ago, but uh, I was too stupid for that. <laughs> yeah, I, my, I don't know. I I just uh, it sold it again. <laughs> but, did you get uh, the one with the uh, the magnet mounts, or did no, you get no? No, I I, okay. I had the old wow. one. But anyway, um, this week I I didn't play so much games because I got this um Magi Mask headset um to to test. This is this um augmented reality thing where you can put your smartphone in. Mm. And uh, but it's bad. <laughs> it's really bad. Nobody needs that. It, it's it's too heavy. It's too heavy. Uh, it's meant to watch uh, movies, but uh, you you can watch like ten minutes and then your your whole face hurts and and stuff. So this is. Uh... <laughs> but augmented reality movies, so it, it projects the movie on like a wall then or something. And no, or no, like... it's uh, augmented and virtual reality. Okay. You can, oh, okay. um, yeah. So I just tried movies and uh, yeah, okay for the for the augmented reality um, apps, this is pretty cool. So we can lose uh, use um, stuff like this, the, the magic cube, oh, yeah. uh, and watch it through through your um, display of the smartphone. It's it's really strange, but but it works. But it's it's too heavy. It's so yeah. uh, anyway. Oh, and what was it called? What? What is the headset called again? Um, it's Magi Mask. Magi Mask. I, I backed Magimask. it on Kickstarter oh, and uh, Kickstarter. just got it now. And uh, uh, I just wanted to try it. But uh, <laughs> you don't happen to have it in reach, do you? I always like when we can see these things. Oh, that was easy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. Okay, it's cool. This one, and I you can open it here. Give me a second. So it looks like it's when got a zip different? at the front. Oh, okay. <laughs> the, the lenses are pretty huge. Yeah, but there's quite a bit of distance. Uh, can you turn to the side? Like, there's quite a bit of distance between your eye. Yeah, and, look oh at my this! God. Look at this! Wow. <laughs> wow. For those just... who are audio listeners, uh, we we see what looks a bit like a scuba mask with a zip yeah, front. That's right. Where you where uh. you put your mobile and um, but there is some substantial distance. Like the turn moment, the the turning momentum there would be very heavy yeah, on yeah. your face. No doubt. Uh, and yeah. also, here's a hole, so we can remove this part, and then you can switch it to augmented reality. I see. I see. I can understand now why that would be heavy and uncomfortable on your face for a little while. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, what, um, go what on, did sorry, I go play? Yeah. Um, the my favorite game this week was a uh, Derail Valley. Oh, okay. Ah, cool. th this is uh, the, the train simulator that's uh, just. Uh, I think it released yesterday on on Steam as early access. And uh, I'm not a uh, kind of guy that loves trains, so uh, I, I'm always driving with my car. But I just wanted to try it, and uh, it's <laughs> amazing. Th this this game is really cool. It's it's chilling, and you you're sitting in your train and uh, putting some. Uh, uh, knobs and levers and stuff and uh <laughs> i don't really know what i'm doing there because i have no idea how to control a train but it was really awesome i love that so. concept I, I had to break out the stitches there because i love the concept of like you know there's car guys and then there's train guys i, I train <laughs> to work you know <laughs> yeah yeah 
I do actually. Oh, I've played that one before. Actually, I, I found the most hilarious part of it was that you can you can uh, um, get into the trains as well, right? When you're yeah, like you, you can yeah. like place them, you can go into the train, but then you can decouple the camera, yeah? and then the train keeps on going around, of course. But then you can go and lay on the track, and it looks like the train is going to go on like drive straight over you. So that was <laughs> that was pretty uh, a neat experience to have in virtual reality. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So we can do uh, some quests like uh, uh, put some wagons of steel from this station to this station and get some money for that. And uh, it, I was really amazed by that. <laughs> so they've actually added like missions to it now. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, okay, cool. Hang on a second. I just want to check to make sure that Mike and Rowdy aren't confusing this with rolling line. Derail no. Valley is different. So you guys have played this, but some time ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah I played yeah. it a long time wow. ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there was a demo. Um, I played it, uh, I think it was 2017 or something like that. Wow. Okay. And uh, I was impressed there as well, but now it's it's even better. They have mm -hmm. some issues. They have some performance issues now. They should fix it, but everything else seems to be really uh, nice. I, I love this game. <laughs> nice, nice. A bit like you, you said, Zim, if there's any confusion out there, Derail Valley and, and um, Rolling, uh, line. Rolling Line are, are two very different games. Rolling Line's more of a, you know, uh, place the track out like a like a model train track right mm -hmm. yeah. and then yeah. you can go and ride it in first person whereas derail valley is from first person from the beginning you just basically are a conductor of a train pretty much um, so I, I gotta ask i gotta ask thomas this question did you manage to derail yes that happens yeah i um, crashed well, into a forest <laughs> straight <laughs> it reminds it reminds me of the first time like talking about rowdy right he said he's not much of a uh, flight sim guy i'm not either but like the first time i ever got my hands on uh on microsoft flight simulator of course the first thing you do is you try to crash of and, course. and the game did this terribly disappointing thing where you're like diving diving diving. like yeah it's gonna happen it's gonna happen and then just <laughs> before you hit the ground literally like inches off the ground your plane just halts and the game says you crashed the little pop-up oh, i'm like come on my yeah it just takes all the fun away so. yeah <laughs> so um so this week i finally finally jumped into resident evil 7 on the psvr <laughs> you know i couldn't oh. I, just couldn't, I couldn't hold on for any longer because uh you know i was holding out for it to come to pc you know we was all hoping and praying that that would eventually happen but it just doesn't seem like that's going to happen now you know it, it's actually been two years this week that resident evil 7 first came out and was available on the psvr so if it hasn't happened in two years it's very unlikely it's going to ever happen so yeah, i finally they're going to announce it now like like next week or something uh, actually in my <laughs> oh, releases so this week mike i'm sorry yeah. to say <laughs> don't that. you dare don't you dare <laughs> And the thing is, there was a lot of hype, obviously, around Resident Evil this week because uh, the Resident Evil 2 remake uh, had just come out. So I thought it would be a good time, you know, whilst everything was 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 hyped about the series again, that, you know, jump in and try it out. Uh, obviously, I'd played the game before in pancake mode, but it'd been two years since I played it. And this was obviously the first time I'd played it in VR. And I absolutely loved it, you know, uh, being in, in the Baker family house, walking around in the dark and it being very gritty and dirty and... Uh, very detailed as well was amazing experience and yeah, you know yeah, I, I just have to interrupt you there i find sure. it hilarious that you go like ah uh, it was just like such an amazing experience to be like finally in the baker house and like you know it was very detailed and everything looked very nice and i'm like are you talking about the same house as i was in because that place like it did not it, it made me puke like one time almost like jesus like <laughs> oh. 
But that's what's so great about it. It's so detailed, and although it is yeah. super gross, uh, it's so detailed. And <laughs> and and like that 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 first scene of the game where you 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 pick up your girlfriend, you know Mia, who's basically gone missing for like three years. You finally get a message from her, and you go and investigate the house, and you find her. And um, she basically just turns on you and attacks you with a knife. And and that scene in the game, playing it on a monitor was crazy enough but playing in vr like that is so intense yeah. that yeah. that experience and 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 living it through vr is, is really actually pretty terrifying and i was wearing um a heart rate sensor at the time that i was playing it <laughs> and I, and my my heart rate like was sh- shot straight up into the hundreds like when that actually happened uh but it was a really cool experience i think the only thing that i i felt playing it now obviously two years later after it's been released is that obviously there's no move support in there so you know you don't really have that interactivity with anything in the world with your hands you just have to use the the dualshock 4 controller uh which is okay but you know it would have been nice to use the move controllers um but it kind of got me thinking that maybe if this game did come to pc now would people be upset about the fact that maybe it would just be a gamepad game only. Like, would PC players accept that now? I, I really don't know. Rowdy, don't would, would, that. that would be Rowdy's first comment. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> I, I've said it before. Like, for me, even though it's cool, I don't really see it as a as a VR game. Like, I, for me, a VR game needs to have that. I find controllers so important. Like, if yeah. it doesn't have controls, yeah. unless you're working like some kind of way around that, like Static did. Um, mm. But otherwise, it. It's not, I mean, it is virtual reality, of course it is, but it's not like the other virtual reality. You have virtual reality and virtual yeah. reality, you know? And I, I think you feel a little bit less connected to the world around you when that happens. Mm. And it's a shame because in Resident Evil 7, there's some parts where, you know, I don't, I can I can tell you now, because if you haven't played it already, then, you Spoiler. know, you know you, too late, um, <laughs> you know, but uh, but there's parts where you get your hand, your, your hand actually gets cut off. And that would have been really interesting to, to to have that mechanic in a VR game that you have control of your hands in, you know. Um, I and it's so hard when that happens. <laughs> it's so good. Haptic gloves. Yeah. <laughs> I also remember that um, I remember PSVR. Uh, Frank also played this game, and uh, he like live streamed it from like almost beginning up until the end in like you know wow. seven or eight hours. I don't know. And he was just like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Like he was like not affected by any of the of the of the scares that were happening. And I after that, after like seeing him like do part of it, I was like, I'm gonna just try it. You know, literally, I screamed so hard the first yeah, time a girl came up me on the stairs. Yeah. Do you guys yeah. get the same kind of phantom thing? So so anytime someone goes after my my body in a VR game, I find you get a kind of like a phantom effect of. Like your body's telling you almost like, oh, you you have been stabbed or, you know, like there's almost <laughs> something. It's kind of like a scene out of uh, the old old school movie Ghost where like the guy's like, like the ghost is like reaching into the body of the other person. Like yeah. this kind of phantom effect of like you kind of feel something. And yeah. I, I always still get that to this day with anything that's stabbing or sawing or cutting. Yeah, yeah. I don't get that, that but my just heart rate goes crazy. <laughs> the, the, there is a, a neuroscience explanation for that though. Like because if you... If you have that very strong connection between your visual system and your and your just your tactile system, because you have those tests as well where they like touch your hand yep. uh, very softly, and then they have like another hand which is like plastic, yeah? they, they and they touch them like both at the same time, and all of a sudden they stab something into that plastic hand, and a lot of people actually feel that initial stab because you get associated that like yeah, the, the yeah. more and more wow. like association you get from your brain that that is actually your hand because. Um, 
how should I explain it? Like your left and your right hand, they connect in some formal way in your brain. So if both of your hands are touched at the same time, even though one of them is not being touched, it still registers it in your brain as a touch. So the minute that someone like stabs wow. you or something, there's a lot of like amazing movies on that on, on YouTube. Like if, if anyone yeah. like this podcast, you should look it up. It's, it's hilarious it's to see. Cool. So you do like this psychological test and they touch both hands and then they stab in it. And then like people like scream so loud because they actually feel like someone just was about to stab them. It's like phantom so pain. Some people are so more prone to that. Yeah. yeah, that's fascinating. Like I, I love it when you have your little scientific inputs on this show, Rowdy, because people don't know that you're actually involved in a lot of science in your day-to-day -day work, right? You need to play the guy. DLC is all I'm going to say. You believe right? it looking at him, but he is. You are going to need, <laughs> you are going to, need to, 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 after this conversation, go back and play some of the Resident Evil DL, DLC. Yes, no, I will. Definitely. I will. Sure. I definitely want to play more. Definitely want to play more. Um, but let us know, uh, is there anyone in the chat that's played some interesting stuff this week uh, in, in VR? Yeah. Um, Nothing over from but, but yeah, going going back was it was a lot of fun for sure. It was a lot of fun. Um, Did you find uh, Mike? Because one thing that I believe they patched out, which I had trouble with, and I don't know if Rowdy would I be able to comment on this, um, or 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 Thomas. But when I played it the first time, there was a lot of there were a lot of issues with um, blackouts. So what I mean is like if your character yes. position was getting too close to something else in certain segments, it was this really annoying like blackout issue where it would just kill yeah, your vision yeah. all of a sudden and then it would come back five seconds later but it was very in interrupting to the virtual that's experience that's exactly yeah You're the same it still thing? happens still happens okay. yeah. Oh, you still especially that, like in, um, yeah especially in scripted events um, it automatically adjusts your you know the, the way you're facing to where the the action is happening basically yeah so it can, it can be quite boring yeah. yeah yeah it's a little bit yeah. clunky at times but yeah. still worth the overall think... experience how far did you get I'm really curious just up to the point where Jack punches you and says, welcome to the family. Uh, yeah. Oh, so uh, that's still fairly in the beginning. Yeah, then. you're still early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still very early. Although I screamed so hard there. Oh, yeah, Damn, for sure. Like, if I, if I just remember, I, I, it's like burned in my memory. Like, you know, it's like a traumatic experience. <laughs> what happened there? Yeah, I was like, stress. sorry, but no girl is worth all that effort, you know? Like. <laughs> that's, that's what I said. I was like, she's so, she, you know, she's so ungrateful. I traveled all this way to come and rescue her. And now she's just like worried yeah. about, about the, the family. Uh, it's crazy. But yeah, any, um, any good uh, suggestions in the chat what people played? Anthem Fisherman's and the Fisherman's Tale. Tale. Yeah. Awesome. Yes. Anthem. Very nice game. Yeah. Fisherman's Tale. Yeah. I played that this week as well, actually. I, yeah, I finished yeah. it. Uh, loved it. Absolutely loved it. It's just a shame it's just so short. I think that's my only criticism of that game. But I loved it. I mean, it, we, we talked about this before. Like, you know, it's pretty much on the price point as well. I mean, it's not a $60 title. So for like uh, the amount of content you get for the price is actually really good. And still, I prefer, yeah. you know, half an hour to an hour to two hours of good content than like eight hours of content of which like seven hours. I'm like, oh, get it over with already. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. But the experience was super polished, you know, right up until the end. The puzzles are fresh. Uh, you know, the puzzle design is... Not spoiled. No, no, I won't. Spoilers. I won't. No spoilers. <laughs> but uh, definitely, if you haven't checked out Fisherman's Tale, then definitely worth a look. Uh, definitely, 100%. Um, but let's move into some quick news then. And first up is uh, some stats from GDC. Uh, GDC hasn't even kicked off yet. And if you're not aware of what it is, it's, it's the Game Developers Conference. It's actually coming in March this year and it's going to be hosted in San Francisco. And this is kind of a place where game developers meet and share ideas and a place where a lot of new games get announced as well. So it's an exciting uh, time and definitely want to keep an eye on. 
But ahead of the show, a lot of devs were invited to fill out a survey. And part of the survey was aimed at devs that are developing for VR platforms. And they were asked specifically about which platforms they're currently developing for. And we've got some really interesting stats that came out as a result of it. So what I'll do is I'll work my way from the bottom to the top. So uh, from the least developed for to the most developed for. So at 6% uh, is the Google Daydream. So 6% of the devs said that they're working on this. Uh, next at 8% was HoloLens. Uh, after that, 8% again wow. was Magic Leap. So some AR there at the beginning. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, 10% was the Gear VR. 11% was <laughs> the Oculus Go. <laughs> who, who, who else has forgotten the Gear VR exists? Sorry. Yeah. Well, I, still, I still thought it would beat the Oculus Go in a way. Well, it's still, uh, you know, if you're developing for Oculus Go, you're pretty much developing for Gear VR at the same time anyway. So yeah, I guess, yeah. I guess both the developers just tick those boxes both if they're working on those. Uh, next up at 13%, you've got PSVR, which is I think is actually surprisingly low. I thought it was going to be more than that. Yeah, yeah. Um, next, a big Although, no, In a way, it does also does make sense because I think the criteria are so much harder to develop for the platform. That is so true. We probably the, the money yeah. that needs to get invested is way higher since they don't have like, I mean, if you look at like Steam or like the Oculus Store, a lot of the titles that are on there are also like a little bit like, nah, Crap. you don't see those titles <laughs> on PSVR. That's true. They've got a certain quality barrier for sure. And we know that's kind of classics, as well. right? Like Tower yeah. of Pizza. Temple of Pizza. <laughs> Temple of Pizza. <laughs> Get it right. <laughs> Whatever it was called, I don't know. Did you even play it? <laughs> Did you play it? Everyone no, played that game. I should. I really should. But, but I, we, we digress. Uh, so the big jump here from from 13% of the PSVR is 21% for the Oculus Quest, which is great news for the Quest. Ooh, Obviously, wow. we know that we know that it, everyone's been kind of quiet, uh, you know, at the moment for like PC titles. So it seems that everyone is developing for the Quest, which is great to hear. Uh, next after that, 30% are developing for Oculus Rift, then 33% for HTC Vive, and then 42% are developing on other platforms. So this one. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> the Magic Mask, exactly. <laughs> The, the number one headset. Um, but it was kind of interesting because, you know, 42% are developing for potentially unannounced hardware. Um, so this could be, you know, something like the Vive uh, Cosmos, or it could be something like, you know, the unannounced headset from Valve. We just don't know. But it just seems such a big number. Yeah, for how does that make sense? Hmm. It's really I mean, strange. That's it, two it out of every five. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So they're not aiming at the current market, but at a future market then. Yeah. So it seems like they're going like, yeah, like you said, aiming for the next gen rather than the current gen. Um, but, you know, it's good to see that the, the Quest is is highly represented in there. You know, it's good news for people that are holding out for that release. And a lot of people are pinning all their hopes and dreams on, you know, VR going mainstream it's on that headset. Whether that will happen or not, we don't know. I hope it does. But, it's you know, I don't know yet. But it's great to see this huge support really early on for this headset. It's really Maybe interesting because that mean the Steam VR knuckles. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> like those, Maybe. like those, that those 40, 40 odd percent. I mean, it's probably a mixture of of two camps, right? So future headsets unannounced, and all the junk headsets that people are trying to potentially develop for to to own that market. Like, I mean, if you mm -hmm. wanted to develop on Pico Neo, for instance, mm -hmm. you might be saying, "I'm going to be the best 
app on that system because I have one, I have a dev kit, and I'm just going to do that. But I, I, I got to imagine off of those stats, Mike, that the uh, the numbers are saying what you're saying. In other words, there's a substantial proportion in that, 15 to 20%, that are dedicated to a headset that we don't know about yet. Maybe exactly. it was the Pico Neo VR conference. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that is certainly interesting. And, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll get more news throughout this year on what's coming soon. You know, I don't think, uh, I think we should find out, hopefully, fingers crossed, by the end of the year, what's going to be the next rift. You know, we already know what HTC's plan is. And, uh, you know, hopefully some, some news from Valve as well. I really hope that happens. In the, in the chat, Gary Haylock has said, uh, maybe it's the PSVR 2. I would love that. I would love a PSVR too. Huh? Oh, I don't think so. This next year, perhaps. Next oh, year? 2021. I really? don't think this year. Yeah. 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 It's a shame because I, I think, you know, having played with the PSVR a lot just recently, you know, Borderlands uh, 2, not so much with uh, Ace Combat because it was a seated game anyway, uh, but also Resident Evil as well. You know, having a, a, a room scale PSVR is really the biggest addition that I would want. I, you know, even if it could just do room scale and still have the same resolution and same headset design and everything mm. else, yeah, I would exactly. be happy with that. You know, it's uh, just the yeah, exactly. So good on the platforms so. and regular, right. you know, and regular. Like we, the amount of the amount yeah, of yeah. game releases that we see on PSVR that are of a, a decent quality. You know, yeah. it's less regular than like say what the Steam Store gets, but for every yeah. ten of the scrappy games that you get on steam the, the things yeah. you actually want to play or would be interested in in the last six months have, have mostly been on psvr that's right it's interesting really because there's still a lot of ignorance out there i think uh, from people about the psvr and i have to admit to a certain degree i was one of those people before i got one myself uh, kind of thinking that it was just like a a watered down version of what i'm already used to but it does stack up with rift in terms of visuals inside the headset the clarity is very good and visually mm -hmm. the games inside the headset look great although i admit it's got limitations in tracking um, everything else about it is great and i think people like uh, make comments on my ace combat video saying oh i must look really blurry in the headset but they just don't understand that actually it's a really standout it's headset the visuals yeah looks really it's great better like yeah. And it's uh, people can say what they want, but it's real VR. Like I've had like the the yeah. most amazing virtual reality experiences on the PSVR, and not because of like the immense clarity of the screen, but but just because of the polishment of the of the, of the mm -hmm. experiences. Yeah. yeah, the fluidity of the frame rate is probably number one for me, and 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 for enjoyment both for myself and a viewing audience. Even if the resolution is a bit less, just not having. A broken frame rate at all it doesn't stutter it doesn't and that's that's part of the high requirements in the qa that games have to go through on the platform as well so uh you know it, it really talks volumes for quality standards and why quality standards matter so. yeah Absolutely. Uh, so let's move into the next bit of quick news this week, and that is uh, a Predator game is coming to VR. And um, we had some some news from uh, a confidential informant that a Predator game is coming to virtual reality. And I can hear you all now in the chat screaming, "Yeah, whatever, Mike. You said this about aliens." And then <laughs> what happened? I was just about a to say that Alien Blackout came out on mobile, and I'm not going to trust you again with your fake news. Uh, but to be fair, you know, I, I share your pain. I was super disappointed too about Alien Blackout. So apologies yeah. if I got you excited about that. I got myself excited about it as well and let myself down. So apologies. Uh, but this time, however, uh, we've got some information from someone who I would say is a reliable source of information. 
And to back that reliable source of information up, there is actually a listing on Steam DB for Predator VR uh, that is actually being regularly worked on. And even today, there was an update pushed to the build uh, that obviously isn't released yet. Uh, so this game is definitely being worked on behind the scenes. And it seems like it's a separate game from uh, an arcade experience that is being developed as well and coming to VR arcades at some point this year. So it looks like it's going to be a PC uh, game that we can play, but uh, we don't know any more details than that. But it kind of got me thinking about a Predator game that I would like to play. And uh, especially if you got to play as the Predator itself, because, you know, uh, being empowered as a player in VR is is really a magical experience. Right. You know that feeling of being a badass, and he's got such an amazing arsenal of weaponry at his disposal that it would be so awesome to play as that character in virtual reality. Uh, I thought I'd pass it over to you guys to see what you guys would think of something. Yeah, like I was that. thinking the same because a lot of the things they're often like like gaze control and those kind of things, like you know, like the the way that he, he aims and the way that he like uh, uh, like tries to track. Often that is done with like the hat kind of thing. So I think that would fit really well in. Reality, so yeah, that yeah. would make me excited about it. Well, uh, no. just before launching, Mike was slagging off anybody who didn't know what Predator was all about, and uh, I have to admit now, Mike, I've never seen the films, any of them, and so yeah, no, me as well. Although, no. I also not. Although, although I'm a big look at that, that's two out of four of us. So thank yeah. you, Mike. <laughs> but I, I know so little about Predator other than he's got kind yeah. of a funny panel on his arm. He goes bloop bloop bloop, and then like people die. That's about all I know. And the fact that we've got our lovely German correspondent here today, I thought was it was was perfect for an earlier comment about you know matchmaking between these two because I think his other favorite dude, right, Predator was uh, was was Arnie. So. You know. Yeah. Wait, wait. Before that voodoo, like before you start talking about Predator, can you one time say, uh, "Get to the chopper"? Get to the what? Get the chopper. The, the chopper. The tagline. It's basically get to the helicopter. So get to the chopper. Get to the chopper. <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with that? <laughs> that was like the nerdiest German yeah. way of saying that. I, I love it. We need to clip that. Make it my new mo- mobile yeah. like phone yeah. ringtone. Now, now you need to watch the first movie and you understand yeah. why me and Michael. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You you guys need to do some homework and you need to go and just watch that movie. Like yeah, I think we should. Show. It's such an iconic movie. Like the original is amazing. Can, can I incredible. borrow your new headset, Thomas? <laughs> Watch the film. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're right, Rowdy. You know, having having uh, access to the the abilities that the Predator has, like heat vision, and having that melee weapon, which is like a badass curved blade, um, and being able to rip people's spines out in VR just would be so epic. So, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, we'll get something that's that's worthy of a Predator name. I was just going to say, I, I, despite having never seen the film, I did play Alien vs. Predator 2 a lot. And mm-hmm. that game is, mm-hmm. uh, you can play as a Predator, Alien, or Human. And um, mm-hmm. there's like three different campaigns and stuff. So I know a little bit, but um, you were asking, you know, what would make a successful game? I don't know if ripping people's spines out is necessarily what, what I would choose there, although that sound, it sounds like a thing that Zim would enjoy. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think that uh, the, vision, the vision side, they'd have to really refine, though. Like what Rowdy was talking about, all that gaze-based control stuff generally drives me batty. Like I, don't, I really don't mm-hmm. like it when you're running in a VR game and you turn your head to the left and your, your character follows that path. I generally... Like- no, 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 not like that, of course. But I mean, for the aiming, they have like, you know, like like heat seeking and like these kind of like uh, triangles that try to like aim and you need to like look at a certain point long enough before like it locks on. That would be awesome to do, I think, with uh, with like the Predator mask because he's wearing a mask. 
course. So giving yeah. you a kind of a sense of power and being able to like a secondary weapon for him. So it's, a, it's, it's not like the primary weapon. It's like a secondary one that you'd use as a power up or something like that. What was, but that would be badass. What was his primary weapon? Well, he's got some claws that are pretty badass. Okay. So, the old Wolverine yeah. trick. Got it. Watch the yeah, movies. Exactly. Watch the movies <laughs> for sure. I will. I will. What I'm more, I'm more of the alien fan. I'm I'm just uh, watching the alien f uh, films oh. and uh, movies. Oh, uh, this this uh, week I also played um, Alien Isolation with the new uh, um, oh. Mother VR uh, update nice. with the Pimax, and this is really frightening. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit! <laughs> oh man! Finally, putting that like huge field of view to use, like. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, have it's... you tried uh hiding in a in a locker from it yet yeah yeah sure <laughs> because it, it actually uh picks up audio from your microphone so if you if you say anything or scream or anything yeah, it, it will know you're you. yeah, yeah. yeah that's right <laughs> such oh, amazing man. mechanic in a game i, yeah. I you know what, to be honest like a, a wide field of view headset like pimax hiding under a hospital bed the hospital gurneys I I think that would be absolutely terrifying because the extra field yeah. of view, you'd be able to see it moving, even if you were looking straight at vision. it. You know what I mean? And like sometimes that gets you even more scared than looking straight at the thing that's haunting yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, so it, by the way, in the chat, if you've got any questions about the Pimax, uh, we're going to be taking questions for Voodoo uh, at the end of the show. So if you've got any burning questions about, you know, Pimax or any of the other headsets you tried at CES, which you pretty much tried them all, uh, save them to the end and we'll have a little Q&A session with him at the end. Also, I, I, since she mentions that it picks up the audio, I think that's a, a neat little thing that VR headsets that VR headsets have because pretty much every VR headset has a microphone built in. Exactly. And you see more and more games actually taking advantage of that. I, I forgot the, the, the name of the game, uh, but it was the one that was made by the developers from uh, uh, Metro. Mm -hmm. Do you know what game it was that was what? in the, the Article one? Article one. Article one. Uh, yeah. There they used a microphone in like the very cold areas to blow like little like fluffs of, of air, like water, water vapor out of your mouth every That's time it. that you were speaking. That is such a nice way of like adding immersion to, to games like that just yeah. by using simple technology that is available on all of the VR headsets that it's developed yeah. for. Yeah, so I, I really like things like that because it really adds to the immersion in a simple way. They did the same thing with uh, with uh, Poker VR. They implemented these, they had some kind of items you could buy with kind of in-game freebie currency or whatever. And you could get a cigar lighted up and in the same thing. So like as you breathe or whatever, you're getting the smoke out. It really makes you feel like if you're like there, like you're a dude with his whiskey and a cigar. And it feels, it felt just so freaking amazing. That's <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. I've not tried that game yet. I want to try it out. Um, so let's move into a final bit of quick news this week. And that is um, Leap Motion's Project North Star. Um, for those that weren't around and didn't sort of tune into the show regularly, uh, we talked about this about six months ago uh, when it was first announced. But if you're not aware, I'll give you a quick recap. Uh, Leap Motion is a company that's uh, it's not to be confused with Magic Leap, by the way. Uh, it's kind of confusing because they're both in the augmented reality space, but it, they're different companies. Uh, Leap Motion basically developed a hand tracking module, which was released back in the Oculus DK1 days. A lot of people <clears> who was sort of like uh, on the curve uh picked them up, including myself, and um, we kind of played around with some demos and some hand-tracking uh, implemented games like Alt Space and VR Chat and had a lot of fun with it. Um, but it doesn't really seem like it's been implemented in much since then, so it's a bit of a shame. Um, but interestingly, about six months ago, Leap Motion uh, announced Project Northstar, which is an open-source AR headset utilizing the Leap Motion module for hand-tracking. 
Um, and this headset is basically built by uh, 3D printing the components yourself uh, and uh, putting it together using basically off-the-shelf parts that you can buy and you can assemble it yourself and basically start developing for this headset and developing AR applications, uh, which is really cool. And um, I actually bought a 3D printer myself for this very reason because I'm planning to build one. And actually, wow. um, my lenses came through uh, yesterday. I can show you them on camera. Uh because you can make these yourself, but basically they're, they're, you're better off just buying oh. them. And make them yourself. For, yeah, for audio listeners, those are like, they're, they're almost rectangular in shape. Yeah, but basically they're like, they're, like ski glasses broken yeah, in two. <laughs> yeah, kind of, yeah. And, and what they are is they're, they're opaque, but mirrored. So it's designed so that the display panels are mounted behind your eyes and they reflect oh. the light onto the yeah. uh, lenses, which then uh, reflect obviously back into your eyes. Oh, and cool. um, the cool thing about this headset is like, not only the fact that it's open source and, and really cheap and easy to put together yourself, um, is that, you know, Compare it to the mo way more expensive headsets from from Magic Leap and Hololens. the The field of view on these headsets from from Project Northstar is 100 degrees, which is comparable to what we're used to in VR right now with the VR headsets. Whereas uh, with with Magic Leap and Hololens, it's around 40 to 50 degrees field of view, so it's very limiting. Um, so this is um, work for like like screen door effect and all these kind of things. If it's like with the mirror, how does, um, how does that work? So, so basically, um, what it does is you're using, uh, I think it's two 1440 by 1440 panels at 120 hertz. So it runs higher refresh rate than oh. a, a, a VR headset does. Um, but the, the, I think those uh, particular panels and the, uh, the video drivers are quite hard to get hold of. But there is a, a really cool community member who actually uh, got these lenses uh, sourced and, and manufactured for everyone. Uh, I'll just... Uh, his name noah zirkin uh, so shout out to him he's a, a really cool community member that's really helping the community build these headsets uh, he's a developer himself um but yeah you know from what i've seen in terms of videos like behind the lenses uh, video capture of people using these uh, it looks super clear crisp and clear uh, you know the, the actual yeah, tracking of the hands i'm wondering like what is the because I, I mean there must be advantages and disadvantages like do you have any like of the of the effects that you see with the for example the vive like those rings or like the mm, glare yeah. or are all well, of those things it would be really interesting because i've never tried it so i really can't tell but like i plan on on building one and maybe doing like a, a small video series on how i built it once i've got it up and running uh, to help people out uh, 3d printing the parts and, and sourcing the components as well so once i've got some hands on time with it, i'll definitely report back and maybe do a, a segment on the show talking about it but yeah i'll definitely like to share that to that's I see really that the chat is interesting as well because uh, awesome. I see uh, Tom Mahady already asking. Please post a link where we can order those lenses. Uh, mm. We'll probably do that after the uh, after the podcast, just in the description box, so that people can yeah. find it over there. If you're a developer or you're a tinkerer and you're interested in building your own uh, Project Northstar headset, I would head over to the Project Northstar Discord, which is linked from the Leap Motion website. Uh, there's a community there of people that are all helping each other out because it's they're all sort of paving the way basically and, and testing things out for each other uh join that and the, and the forums and you'll find out a lot of help there and noah zirkin who made these lenses also posts in the discord regularly uh he's a sort of highly regarded uh, community member there so uh, definitely if you're interested go and check it out but i think it's really cool that uh, especially if you're a developer and you can't afford the thousands of us dollars it's going to cost for a magic leap or a hololens you can piece this together yourself and start developing some really cool augmented reality applications uh, right away you know what is the kind of uh, cost of outlay, Mike? Because you said it was relatively inexpensive, but what are we talking? 
So 3D components are, you know, very cheap once you own a printer. You know, the, my printer cost me £200. Um, these lenses were £40 to uh, get imported. Um, the thing it's way better to import these lenses because applying this mirrored film to a, a clear um, curved uh, surface is going to be very tricky to get right. Yeah. So I would say just order these. Uh, in terms of the displays, uh, you can use Raspberry Pi uh, displays, uh, a lower refresh rate and a lower resolution, um, which are cheaper, obviously. But the higher resolution ones, which are the ones you really want, are a little bit harder to source. But again, the community are rallying together and doing a big bulk buy together. Uh, so if you're interested, that's the way to do it. So like three, four hundred bucks? Three, four hundred pounds, I would say, is probably about right. Okay. And uh, the reason why I sort of brought it up again is because uh, Leap Motion have recently pushed a big update to this design. Mm -hmm. They're actually on revision three now, and they've made the headset way more comfortable uh, in terms of its um, design, in terms of you've got all the pressure sitting on your forehead now uh, rather than your cheeks. And the lenses are much further away from your eyes to accommodate glasses now as well. So they're really sort of working on this a lot behind the scenes. And the fact that it's open source is, is just so incredible. Can you hold those lenses up again just to yeah, show sure. again? So you basically, model them against your face. You end up looking like some sort of like uh, insect, but uh, it is very, yeah. very cool indeed. Uh, but these are plastic wrapped because I haven't taken them out yet but um, to protect them. But they're very cool indeed. Uh, so looking forward to putting that together in the future. But I, th I thought it was an interesting one to share. Um, so yeah, that's all the quick news we've got this week. So let's uh, maybe pass it over to Zim and find out what game releases are coming next week and what we should be looking forward to. Hey, hey, there you go. Uh, so this is going to be <laughs> this is going to be quicker than normal because we've uh, we've kind of touched on some of the stuff that I'm, I'm mentioning. Really, uh, two of the titles are things that I've just released in the last couple of days. Third one's coming out uh, soon on PSVR, so I'll cover these three things. Uh, first one, uh, which we touched on a little bit earlier, um, is Firezone, which which is an mm -hmm. Oculus Go title. So if you happen to own an Oculus Go or are thinking, eh, maybe I'll get an Oculus Go, but I don't know if I, you know, it's got the content that I want, uh, then this game is one to look out for. Um, really was a surprise to me. Um, this is a, a kind of a fast-paced classic Counter-Strike style, you know, online shooter, it's multiplayer. Um, there are both online and offline modes with bots. So although the developer has kind of hammered through, I think three titles in the last year, um, this one in terms of its basic, you know, core functionality and just how it's operating, I was very surprised. Uh, solid netcode, there was no like players jumping around or anything like that. Um, bots obviously working. And the best part about the whole thing is there's very few um, online multiplayer games that are uh, that that support VoIP uh, that's clear and yeah. and and for this it was like literally it was either a player deathmatch four v four I don't know if the game can 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 go beyond that point uh, but I jumped in with and I'll give a quick shout out here to uh, YouTuber Ra or Ra Marcus uh, who does a whole bunch of uh, of Oculus Go content and is really the kind of go to guy for that stuff but he he put up a session with his community and. You know, literally for a couple of bucks, uh, this thing is only, I think it's about three pounds or, or kind of four dollars or something like that. Um, well worth getting into. Now, there are there are problems uh, with it because the sounds in the game are clearly need some leveling, some balancing. There's more options needed in terms of being able to control certain things that you see in the game. But the fact that it's all working kind of out of the box in its kind of alpha state uh, is fantastic. Um, I mean, there, I can't think of another yeah, game aside from like... VR headset. What's that? I find that crazy. Yeah. 
on a mobile VR headset, I find something like that indeed crazy. And the, the best part about this that, that I would say from my personal experience, I'm a big FPS fan, have been for, for, for donkey's years. It really felt like I was playing like early alpha Counter-Strike because it wasn't just... Uh, you, I was expecting something where you'd be limited because of the fact you're on a, a you know a three DOF controller that you'd mm. be limited in terms of like looking up, looking down, or aiming that kind of thing. But no, I was able you know these multi tiered levels to get up top with a sniper rifle, taking people out, hop down, you know actually strategy there and and strafing and all that. He actually made it so you kind of you either walk forward or you're strafing, <laughs> and a combination of those things along with reloading the weapons, different weapon choices, weapons that you know can unlock, and a variety of different game modes for a couple of bucks like you just yeah. you have to it's like it's one of those games that i would say if you're into fps's at all absolutely try it so yeah i just want to sort of highlight the the voip is such a big deal you know like we haven't seen many multiplayer oculus go games that incorporate voip and i think it's one of the strongest parts of this headset because having experienced how clear the voip can be in like oculus rooms for example it was like crystal clear. The audio was so good on this headset for something that's so cheap. It's like someone is standing next to you. Exactly. That's how it feels. It feels like someone is standing next to you. I don't know if they he, he brought in as well positional audio because for anyone who's ever experienced positional audio in an FPS, it, it makes such a difference to be able to hear someone being, you know, especially a teammate uh, behind you to your left or right. Like one of the other things that I would say that the developer no doubt has on his uh, pipeline is is be, like, being able to mute players who may, because it, it is default open VoIP. So for anyone who's mm. been in an environment with with a yeah. noisy player, at the moment, it's a little bit of a letdown because you get into the server and it's a bit like, okay, well, I got two options here. Either I can leave and go find another group of people to play with, yeah. or I can just kind of grit my teeth and bear it. And again, some of the guns, the gun sounds of the game, you're going to find to be overbearing at the moment. But it yeah. was a, it was a blast to be honest. It was a real blast. That's a really good point, actually. If you're ever playing an online shooter, don't be that jerk that plays the radio or music in the background. <laughs> don't be that guy. Yeah, or or has someone else entertaining themselves in the background, like you know, in an apartment complex, and there's an episode of Seinfeld on. <laughs> yeah. not, ah, good, not good for content creators. Um, so I don't know if I, did, did any of you guys get a chance to play that or. No, it wasn't no. my list though. Uh, I did, I did see it. And I thought it, it did look good. Yeah, give uh, it a blast. Give it a blast. All right. I'm, I'm shortly going to be on a on a trip out in Canada, so I'm going to be giving this game a shot from kind of quite afar and see if I can get into some multiplayer matches, people across <laughs> the world. But so I'm very thankful that the developer released it at this time because <laughs> it's always good to have games on the go. Uh, the next one I was going to mention, uh, which we obviously Thomas already covered in some detail, was um, Derail Valley. I'll just give some. Kind of visuals of that one as well so people get a flavor for that so we already talked about it in quite a bit of depth but um i figured given giving people a flavor of you know how the game looks and uh, give them some details about that would be good as well so uh derail valley just launched there uh just yesterday so 25th of january uh it's available for 20 bucks and us dollars and um uh, varying you know euro and, and gbp prices um as we covered already it's an immersive train simulator um, quite differs quite a bit from Rolling Line, which we've covered before on the podcast. And um, I, I do think that the, I'll call it the Euro Truck Simulator style of uh, A to B missions, uh, I, th- I found to be quite attractive. Um, and one of the things that I would say about that is if you've ever looked at a VR game before and been surprised that, oh, hang on a second, that was way more fun than I thought it would be. Um, I, that's what I'm hearing from you, Thomas, in terms of your feedback on this game. Like you look yeah, at it, you go... Right. 
that's going to be boring as hell, right? <laughs> like playing yeah. a game like that. Yeah, I, I really thought that as well. But finally, uh, it, it's really good. It's it's chilling and it's not another wave shooter. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it, it was it was and amazing. Was this developer so smart to add dinosaurs to this game? Or? <laughs> Perhaps, yeah. Not yet. But this is the, the same sort of feeling I got when I played Wrench for the first time. You know, it, it seems oh, yes. like a really yes. mundane thing to do, like piece to piece an engine together. But actually, it was just so satisfying and really rewarding. And I, I guess this yeah, is yeah. the same thing in that sense. Yeah, and to be honest, when the derailing comes up on the video, uh, for those yeah. audio listeners, I'm sorry, you're going to miss out because that is the best look at the physics in this game are really, really satisfying in terms of seeing, it seeing trains. It looks like it turns into a horror game. All of it, like. <laughs> oh, yeah. Someone could reclip that that way. So speaking of horror, I thought I'd give us a couple of fun statistics. All right, yeah. and this is the good old European versus U.S. battle about train derailment. So just mix a little bit of, stir that into the pot this week. So uh, in Europe, and if any of you do take the train to work like me, I'm sorry, you're going to, uh, this is going to maybe <laughs> make you think about this the next time you get on board a train. So um, in 2016, which is the latest round of European statistics, 1,787, so that's nearly 1,800 uh, significant railway accidents were reported. Uh, and of that, um, 964 people uh, were killed in that year. I was like, that's what? a pretty high freaking number for trains when you think, yeah, geez, you know, what is this? And that doesn't include suicides on the railway. So railway-related accidents, this isn't just specifically derailing. This is all kinds of things. You park your car, yeah. you know, at a, at a level wow. crossing, all that kind of stuff. But nearly a thousand cases. And I was like, okay, come on, Europe. Uh, surely the U.S. has this beat there because they're always worse on death statistics. So the U.S., surprisingly, um, have a statistic, except for theirs was, uh, I think theirs is, is, is mixed. Um, and they had in 2017, so the year after, um, 864 uh, rail fatalities. And so it does look from stats that Europe, we are slightly beating the US at, um, yes. at, uh, <laughs> at train-related you know fatalities. You know why? Was that? More people use public transport in Europe than they do in the US. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's right. There, there, are, there are very, I mean, there, there are large kind of long, long transit uh, train lines, but uh, I think you're, you're spot on it, Mike. So there you go. There's your, um, there was the suicide statistic here, which is crazy as well. It says suicides is the European one. Suicides occurring on the railways reported separately was 2,870 cases in 2016. So for anyone who's ever dealt with kind of metro or rail, um, at least you have a flavor for the number now. And, um, you know, if you're watching Voodoo's video, which I did a bit earlier, you can think about those grim statistics as you're enjoying the comedy as well. Wow. Wow. <laughs> one, one more. So here's what we've got a final title for me this week. Um, and this is going to be uh, anyone's diary, uh, which is launching on, uh, launching on PSVR shortly. Um, that's coming out on the 31st of January. So I'll give you a little bit of, um, little bit of, uh, information on this one. Um, particularly if you're watching, uh, I think you'll find the visual style very interesting. Is to me the visuals look a lot like Little Big Planet, yeah. This kind of cardboard cutout uh, view. So anyone's diary is a third. This is a bit of an odd, odd game. It's a third-person puzzle platformer. Uh, players will discover the story of anyone. That's the character's name, without any identity, gender, or age. You can tell what year this has been released, right? Um, and help them to get through a distorted city made of paper, solving inner conflicts uh, represented by puzzles. 
So it's essentially a puzzle game and a platformer at the same time. Um, and this is this is the interesting thing I mentioned last week. So PlayStation Talent's 2017 awards, uh, where this game received three nominations for best art, best game for the press, and best use of platforms. And thanks to the nominations, the team entered uh, into the PlayStation Talent's games camp uh, for further development and to bring their ideas to market. So I actually found uh, that to be a real, and again, another one of these kind of indie flowers that, you know, takes mm. off buds and gets some support, uh, obviously from uh, from Sony through this program. I hadn't heard of this before. I hadn't heard of the uh, Talents Game Camp. But obviously, if you're a budding developer, and no doubt we've got a, a large series of those amongst our, amongst our listeners, um, these, these, these programs and inlets, you know, could be the successful road for you. So uh, mm. look them up, see, yeah. see what the entry criteria are for and get dreaming. Yeah, the same with game jams as well. A lot, a lot of VR games seem to stem from a game jam session. So, uh, was it um, Twist uh, Pixel Ripped did? You know, exactly. It was a game jam yeah. game. There's a big, so. there's a big game jam about to kick off as well. I think one of the, um, I just saw it. Steam was uh, was broadcasting it actually shortly before we went live. So, anyway, those things happen throughout the year in all in all kinds of places. But those are our three games for this week. So just to recap, that was Fire awesome. Zone, Derail Valley, and Anyone's Diary. Yeah, there you go. Back, awesome. back to you, Mike. Thank you or should I say, Mr. Jobs? You look a bit like Steve Jobs today. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that guy was a legend. Um, so let's talk about OpenXR because over the last few months of the show, we've been talking a lot about new hardware, you know, new VR headsets. And it seemed like every week we were talking about a new VR headset. And I think, you know, new hardware is great, but the problem is like with new hardware, it causes confusion with consumers who aren't necessarily as involved uh, involved in the industry as much as we are. And it's a real headache for developers because they have multiple platforms, multiple headsets to develop for, uh, and none of them sort of work you know, together side by side. So they have to develop for each one individually, which is kind of a pain. And that's where OpenXR comes in. And yeah. uh, this is previously known as the Kronos VR initiative. It's now been sort of shortened down to OpenXR, which is a bit more catchy. Uh, and it's been established by the Kronos Group, who, in partnership, created industry standards for traditional re- uh, 3D graphics, such as Vulkan, uh, OpenGL, WebGL, those kind of uh, you know platforms. Uh, so they're well established within the industry. Uh, and now their goal is to create an open and royalty-free standard across VR and AR applications and devices, which is really interesting. And they plan to do this by having a single API that developers can design their application around. And then this app, this API can run on any hardware that's signed up to the initiative without the developer having to develop for each platform individually. So, you know, right now we've got uh, different headsets with different resolutions, different fields of view, different controller inputs, different tracking methods, and none of them work together. So, you know, like Rift and Vive, for example, there's nothing about those two systems that work together. So that's why if you find, you know, a game that's been developed for the Vive, you know, the controller inputs don't, you know, um, translate over well to using it on the Rift and, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is what, uh, you know, this kind of like open XR API is trying to resolve. And they recently showed this off working in a demo of the Epic Showdown demo, which, uh, you know, was shown way, way back in the day. But using the uh, open XR API, they were able to get this demo working on a Windows Mixed Reality headset alongside a Star VR headset, which are both two very different ecosystems without changing anything to the original 
demos code and just using this open XR API. So this is kind of exciting, really, uh, because all you need to do as a developer now is just develop using this OpenXR API, and you can run it on a, a magnitude of different headsets and hardware, which is really cool. Uh, and this is including controller support as well. And like I mentioned about the mapping of controller inputs, using this OpenXR API, uh, it now takes a list of actions from the game and correlates them to input methods from the controllers and matches them together automatically. So you don't even have to configure it. And this means that controllers far, far into the future could be backwards compatible with games that are available right now, uh, which is also really cool. I, I agree that that's a cool thing, um, but I find it actually cooler for controllers now because I think at a certain point, we'll, we'll get to like the ultimate controller or something that works perfect for virtual. Because I mean, ultimately you're, you want this in virtual reality. So yep. once we're able to do this, then um, I would assume that you would still have different brands making those kind of controllers, but that the controllers were largely uh, kind of aligned. Um, yeah, and, so and I the great thing more exciting for controllers now than for controllers in the future. But I think OpenXR will play a big part in like Knuckles and you know those kind of controllers that are being developed right now. Mm -hmm. um, but also it means that in the future, and we've mentioned this on the show before, is that you can have the best of everything. So you can have the best mm -hmm. tracking system, you can have the best headset, the best haptic suit, the best controllers, and they might all be from different brands. And that's the really exciting thing about piecemealing your ultimate setup. I think in the You've future. You've watched Ready Player One a bit too much, Mike. You guys talking about this have even turned me on to the whole concept of, you know how um, NVIDIA has taken this, this whole concept of kind of the neural networking and obviously the, the, the intelligence yeah. that you can build onto a chipset now. Um, if you applied that to controller schemes where people have whatever controller they want interfacing with whatever game, you could actually have a system built where it would try to automatically adapt to whatever you wanted to be controlling with that through your actions, automatically mapping those buttons, the layout. So you don't have to remember anything. Like literally it would just, whatever you're attempting to do, it realizes, oh, that's the pattern of inputs a human in a similar place. And I don't know, Peru did the same thing. So let's use his configuration and boom, straight away. Like you're, so that's just kind of an exciting idea of having a dynamic controller well, that's set what driven I also by. That's so cool about uh, the Steam controller since they had, they, they allowed like different user inputs based on like the, the style of playing. So if you said like, oh, I'm I'm someone who uses like, you know, a lot of first person shooters, then you can yeah. play those first person shooters with certain configs that have been made by people that play a lot of first person shooters. So exactly. it, it is a concept that is being like used more and more and like different kind of styles and different kind of games and different kind of uh, brands. So I do see, see something like that happen in, in the fairly near future. Yeah, it'd be very interesting yeah. to see. And this platform is another step in that direction, clearly. Absolutely, because this is this is you know great for developers because their games can be you know sold on numerous different platforms with not having to develop individually for each platform. It's great for hardware manufacturers because they have a bigger library of games from all these developers straight off the bat if they sign up to this initiative. And it's great for consumers because we get a broader choice of games and a variety of different hardware we can choose from. So it's not like you know a bit like Oculus right now; it's closed ecosystem. You know 
we can have open ecosystems that span all different hardware, which is super exciting. And the thing is, this this sort of um, collaboration, this open XR ethos, it has members from industry leaders, uh, you know, across the globe, such as Epic Games, Intel, Oculus, HTC, Google, Samsung, Microsoft, Magic Leap, Nvidia, and Valve, just to name a few. And, and uh, it's interesting. Go on, go on, Rowdy. And Zim. And Zim, yeah, and us, we I'm, we we back this now I'm fine as well. <laughs> Officially endorsed by the F Reality Podcast, um, but uh, we've got some really cool quotes here from uh, a couple of leaders from the industry. Yeah. First up is John Carmack, obviously CTO from Oculus. Mm. He said, uh, "Open APIs have been immersely sorry, open APIs have been immensely valuable to the industry, balancing the forces of differentiation and innovation against gratuitous vendor incompatibility." As virtual reality matures and the essential capabilities become clear in practice, a cooperatively developed open standard API is a natural and important milestone, and Oculus is happy to contribute to this effort. Sounds like John, all right. <laughs> Next up, we've got another legend giving his uh, input on, on OpenXR as well, and that is Gabe Newell uh, from Valve. He talks? Uh, the num- Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, <don't know>. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I would never hear from but the guy, so anyway. Uh, he says, the number of VR systems on the market is growing rapidly. Most of these require separate API support from the developer, which is causing huge fragmentation for consumers. The work on a standard API to enable applications to target a wide variety of VR devices is an important step to counter that trend. Uh, yeah, so I, you know, I think overall, I think OpenXR sounds great. Uh, it's a really exciting sign that the industry is collaborating and working together on a, on a standard. Uh, and it seems that you know this will be a big part of VR taking the next big step in becoming more popular and more mainstream uh, and, and widely adopted by consumers. Yeah, it does seem I, like a, a, a uniform advantage across all market competitors. I, I don't see anything against it. Uh, per se, except for maybe uh, time to market and a competitive factor of saying, I'm going to develop my ecosystem, just like the console wars, right? Like, here's my little package for developer. It's super easy to to have this because mm-hmm. while this is still in an unrefined state, you get into the annoyance of version control, just like with the headset you just talked about, like uh, 3D printing off, right? Like, <laughs> you don't want to be chasing moving goalposts in terms of the configuration of what you're building. Um, but that said, I'm, I'm kind of curious about that standard. And Thomas, maybe your, your thoughts about this. I mean, you've probably been in more headsets than, uh, than any of us. How, how do you see this playing out over the next couple of years, you know, developers leveraging something like this? Or do you, do you see any, any contra opinion to this, like something that, that would counter mm-hmm. why, why it shouldn't be a good thing? No, I, of course it's a good thing. I also will mention this uh, tomorrow in my, my news and um, yeah. Of course, I tried a lot of different uh, controllers also. Um, we will talk about this later with this uh, fold away stuff and all this uh, stuff. And it would be really awesome if we, if the developers could just use them for every platform and, and mm-hmm. stuff. So yeah. I, I think this is a really good thing. But I don't think that uh, that the PlayStation VR will kick in there. So... <laughs> This this will not happen, I think. No. no, and I think, like you said, Zim, that you will still have exclusivity windows despite yeah. this open platform. You know, there will still be Oculus willing to or, or Sony willing to spend the big money, saying, "Look, we want this game exclusively on our platform for six months or whatever." Yeah. I don't think it will stop that. And also, I think it's important to say that that is kind of like okay at this point in time. Uh, exclusivity is something that drives development at this point, at least forward. Yeah. I see and, that. And, and, 
eventually we'll get to a point with where we're yeah. at with consoles and PC right now in that you know generally the games are released on all platforms but some platforms will get an exclusive aspect of it whether it be dlc earlier or you know a skin earlier or exclusive to that platform i don't mind that at all but obviously vr is growing still so we'll get it we'll get there eventually i'm sure um so yeah that is open xr very exciting and interesting i think so uh keep an eye on that in the future uh but next up let's talk to voodoo about his time at ces because he had such an an amazing time. I was super jealous, but I was watching it from the sidelines. You know, all your content that you're showing uh, on your YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah. And uh, is this the first time you've ever been to Las Vegas? No, the seventh time. Oh my <laughs> god! Oh my god! Yeah, you <laughs> got a high so, roller in the house. <laughs> so I, I was not uh, impressed by the town because I already know every uh, hotel and every uh, club there. So <laughs> wow, this yeah, I'm a huge fan of the, of the whole country. Um, I've been there like uh, three times a year uh, in the US, so uh, <laughs> I know nice. every part of this country. Nice. So, <laughs> so what was it? Was it your first time at CES? Yes, that was my okay. first time at CES. Um, I was uh, I was very impressed of the size of this uh, uh, exhibition. I've never <laughs> seen this before. I went there and I had this plan, and uh, I made a plan uh, how where I get and where I, I should go at which time and. It, this didn't work. <laughs> this didn't work. It's so there are, I think, like eight halls or something, and they are so big. And uh, I, I was, I thought at the first hour I would totally get lost there, and this happened. <laughs> so, so I had uh, to to download this app and go navigate there and stuff. So, um, fortunately, the whole VR and AR stuff was. Uh, nearly in, in, in one hall. So this was a very good thing. Mm. And um, some other companies like HTC had an own uh, hotel room and stuff and Oculus as well. Mm-hmm. So we had to walk a little bit. And after this week, my, my feet were uh, bleeding. <laughs> 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 that was so much walking. I've never experienced that before, but uh, it, it was worth it. So I, I tried a lot. I've seen and tried a lot of stuff. Um, wow, <laughs> that that you, was really amazing. You didn't get to try the uh, the Vive Cosmos though, because that was out of reach for oh, everyone. No, do not touch. Do do not touch. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I've only seen it. Uh, I I could uh, photograph and and take pictures from from all uh, sides, but I. I was not allowed to touch, so um, they put it on on this uh, head thing, and um, I was not allowed to even see the lenses and stuff. So Perhaps like, there weren't even lenses inside there. I don't know. A bit like other establishments in Las Vegas, you can look but you can't touch. That's right. Nice. Buddha's reaction is brilliant. He's like, "Ah, I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about." Yeah, of course. <laughs> I, so I what, mean, about the, uh, what about the Vive Pro Eye? Did you get to check that out? Yeah, yeah, that? I tried the Vive Pro Eye, and um, there, there was a there were some experiences. I had to the chance to try one of them. That was a a, a baseball um, game, mm. and what what you could do is um, there was a menu like starting the game, one or two players and stuff. And you just ha- had to look with your eyes. You don't have to turn your, your head. You just looked at the menu point and then it uh, it was selected and um, then you could go forward. But there was not a foveated rendering or stuff. Uh, just right. uh, control you, wait, of the you, game. 
Did you what? like that? With like, like, because it's not a very natural thing to do. Because you, it's it's more natural actually to like do like very slight movements. Uh, like, but you don't really do like a lot of. That's like, right. That's like because that. I didn't I didn't really like it. I, I no. didn't see any sense of of that. Um, so I think the the best thing of that will be the foveated rendering later. Mm-hmm. So um, okay. I don't know. And you you got to try out the Pimax eye tracking modules as well. Um, yeah. How do, how do they sort of compare side by side? There's no not really a difference. So yeah. they they work both very exactly. So Pimax had an um, a whack a mole experience. <laughs> so uh, you just stood there and have to look at the moles uh, like uh, just with your eyeballs, <laughs> and it was really perfect and it was very exact and accurate so yeah. i was uh, really impressed by that however the the modules of the pimax are a little bit big for now that are prototypes so it, it hurts a little bit here on on, on the, under yeah. the eyes what i told them and they will fix that and because mm. i think the, the pimax uses uh seven invention eye tracking modules whereas the i the vive pro i uses toby eye tracking so there's That's a right. lot of different yeah. in terms of the, the, the companies behind it. But um, talking while we're on the subject of Pimax, uh, how did you find the 5K Plus business edition? Because obviously this uses OLED screens over LCD. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> oh, that was the first time I tried this. And no, it was the second time. The first time was in Berlin at the Becker's uh, meeting. And uh, there was a prototype of the um, OLED version, but uh, that was really bad because it had a lot of ghosting and stuff. Was was really bad. And now they fixed that, and it was uh, um, impressive. But um, there is a lot of screen door effect now. You can compare it between, I, I would say, between the Vive and the Vive Pro. So mm. this is not comparable with, with the other two uh, Pimax headsets with the 5K Plus and the uh, 8K. Mm. So... Um, of course, when you play horror games and uh, dark games, this, this looks amazing. This is more immersive. But um, when, when I played Beat Saber, um, the, the worst thing was when, do you know when, when you uh, lose a level, then that, that there is a big uh, red signed uh, level failed, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when, when I looked at this, the, the um, screen effect was so ultra bad, even worse than with the, the Rift. Wow. So um, I have no idea. I think that's because of the uh, the pentile metrics uh, displays of the OLED. Mm. So they, didn't, right. they don't have uh, the best uh, displays uh, panels there, <laughs> I think. So, so I'm sure there'll be plenty of people in the chat wanting to know this question. You know, maybe they're a backer of the Pimax like me or they're interested in the Pimax headset. But out of the three, you know, whether it be the Pimax 8K or the, the 5K Plus or the 5K Plus now business edition, which has the OLED, which one would you recommend as the it's, one to go for it's uh, it depends on what you want to do so if you if you watch movies and want uh, nearly no uh, screen door effect then i would go for the 8k um if you want to uh pay a little bit less and also have uh, a good experience and wide field of view i would go for the 5k plus and if you play mostly dark games like uh, elite dangerous or paranormal paranormal activity and horror games then i would go for the oled version i think awesome awesome that's an excellent recap of those headsets um <laughs> so of course you get you didn't even get to touch the vive cosmos but you yeah. did get to try out what we think might be the reference design headset for that's right that from acer and uh, at the qualcomm booth yeah. and uh yeah that was um to be honest that was absolutely not impressive okay. so um um 
the, the problem was this was connected via the 5G uh, network and uh, was streamed. So um, we only had a 60 hertz and a very small field of view and legs and stuff. So I, I really was not impressed uh, by that. Yeah, and I have to say, like uh, this week, I tried a, a, a VR headset from Walmart that I imported from the US. <laughs> I have seen that video. That, that, that's... <laughs> and uh, that was the first time I'd ever tried a PC VR headset with 60 hertz. And yeah. it's very jarring. It's very jarring. It makes you almost feel motion sick. You know, it's, it's a very yeah. strange sensation. I had a Pimax related question because just yesterday I was kind of browsing, getting ready for my holiday to Canada. And I found at a local Walmart, again, um, a Pimax 4K headset. I'd never heard of this yeah. thing before. Yeah, oh, they have. Yeah. How, does, how does that compare? I'm just curious. I never heard it launch or anything. I know nothing about the 4K headset. But it's an older one. Huh? Yeah, it's an it older one. Like, but where does it rank? Like in in terms of you know visual fidelity. And, I mean, so correct I, me if I'm wrong. Just a, but I thought that was only for like watching movies more than. That's uh, right. I think that it yeah. only has uh, three degrees of freedom. It, it does not have. Uh, um, um, room scale and yeah. i have to say i never did uh try the pimax 4k i don't mm-hmm. have it at home that's i think that's the only headset I, that's not in this uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good, I, got, I got it right in the middle but i'm really curious like if you if you um were were rating headsets that consumers can buy today like what are your what are your top five in order kind of curious top five. Oh man yeah. that's that's hard uh, so um i'm a, to be honest i'm a big fan of um of the um, big field of view of the Pimax. This is really, really impressive. So uh, I I got the Pimax now since very long time, I think July or something like that. And um, when I now go go back to the Rift or the Vive, I I can't stand that. It's so small. It's just uh, like... uh, watching through a diver's uh, mask yeah. or something like so, that. So that is your, your go-to headset. If, if there is a, a VR game and you want to know how it works, that would be the first one that you would pick exactly, up. Exactly. Definitely. That, but so uh, wait, uh, do, do, do we talk about headsets that are already available or... Yeah, I was kind of. I was everybody, coming... everything that I t- already tried. <laughs> yeah, right now you've just said to everyone, you can't buy this one, but it's the one you want to get, <laughs> which yeah. is infuriating. But... So, so you can't get the Pimax now. Uh, you you can pre-order it, but uh, for me, it's it's the best one. Um, that you that it's out in the near future. The yeah. the very best one I've ever tried is the Stavia one, of course. Mm, but uh, yeah. we don't know what's happening with them. Yeah. yeah, that's a real shame, actually, a real shame. But for those yeah. of you who are listening um, or, or you know, don't necessarily know Voodoo's background and why he had the Pimax so early was because he was one of the original testers out of a, a group of people that were selected to, to test the Pimax before it was released to consumers so they could give feedback internally. Um, yeah, yeah. You, did, you did a great job there. Yeah, and and this year I will do the same with Ixtal. So it, it's just starting again. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you definitely got your work cut out for you. I think. Yeah, uh, it's um, a lot of work, a lot of testing, and a lot of uh, feedback. And uh, but but it's uh, fun, of course. Yeah, of course, very rewarding. And uh, I'm sure you know we appreciate all your hard work, and I'm sure the community does as well. I um, hope so. <laughs> so let's talk about uh, the Qualcomm again, just quickly before we move on from that. You said you tried it over the 5G connection, which was limited to 60 hertz. Did yeah. you try it directly connected to a PC? Because obviously that, that was not available on this on the uh, booth, unfortunately. That's a shame. Because obviously that's I think that's what 
everyone's most excited about about the cosmos is you know or they want to tether it to a pc as their main function and maybe the mobile function will only represent maybe 10 to 20 percent of their overall time with this headset so did they mention a reason why that wasn't available because for me that would seem like there it isn't particularly on point no, or that, that was only no that was only because qualcomm wanted to show their 5g uh, connection and they didn't care about anything else <laughs> yeah. yeah no i can understand that so uh, what about the fold away haptics because we touched on this uh, i think on last week's episode yeah. which was a haptic feedback uh, origami style looking thumbstick and you actually got to try it hands-on right yeah but to be honest uh, if, if we talk about uh VR equipment, this was the most uh, impressive thing I tried on the CES. I've, wow. Really, nice. really. It, it, it's only for the thumb. Only hmm. for the thumb. But it feels so ultra uh, immersive. There was a game that I I, I, I need to squish animals. <laughs> so there was a pig and I had to, 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 to squish this animal. And it feels really as if you touch this animal actually awesome it, it looks but very exactly. ugly because there's a this is a prototype thing but uh wow i've never felt something like this before mm-hmm. yeah really cool and that's what we said in the beginning as well like you know if if hand controls are done well then it adds so much to that immersion and i can't wait to get like a next generation of like controllers in my hands uh yeah. to play some games with because i think that is really if it's used because i still don't think that a lot of the controls now like for example the oculus has some cool controls as well the oculus touch and that is not being used in every game but i'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more of that yeah, yeah. And a lot of people that watched last week's show uh, and were watching us talk about this fold away haptics technology and the controller they were getting really excited about this technology so it's great to hear that you got to try it and yeah. it sort of lived up to the hype in a way you know and it felt really great it because it really I, felt great and, and yeah. also in contact with the developers and i think they will send me one as soon as it uh it supports some games nice i'm just nice. murmuring here under my voice lucky bastard but you know <laughs> I'm, I'm really i'm really glad to, to hear the feedback back because having seen a concept like that when you see it and you think of things like how uh how strong is that going to be does it look like you know they're going to run into manufacturing trouble with it but once you get your hands on something and you see a proof case like that and for someone who's been through as much hardware as you have to hear that kind of feedback you know positively Mm -hmm. for that idea makes me very excited for the future next couple of years can't yeah. wait to see yeah. that out. Yeah, yeah uh, me, me as well. And I also had the chance to try the new uh, Pimax controllers. And mm. yeah, of course, they, they are they feel good and stuff. But, but it was uh, nothing better than the than the Knuckles controllers. It's just a cool uh, controllers. It, it worked good, but it was not so ultra impressive. To, Do they to look as huge? Yeah, as, uh, they are, are, they really are huge. <laughs> yeah, they are really huge. Um, but uh, um, I tried some games, but um, surprisingly, they they didn't uh, hit each other. So, um, right. no. but but I didn't try some games like Onward. I, I would like to try Onward, but uh, at this time, <laughs> the, the second controller was broken. <laughs> so... Oh. Uh, um, yeah, we, we did wonder why they were they weren't giving many demos out to people. Yeah, yeah. So in terms of um, other stuff you could try, because you did you also try the Odin uh, VR of, headset? Yeah, the uh, Odin the VR from, from Dios uh, the, with with the Horus uh, tracking system. Yeah, the, as well. Um, that <laughs> that was the worst thing I tried on the on the CS. Oh, yeah. really? 
I have absolutely no idea what, what they are aiming for. They told me they are a B2B, but uh, what the hell do I want with this headset? It, it's uh, it's like the old Vive. It feels like the old Vive. It's uh, mm -hmm. LCD and it's a very small field of view and the tracking system is the same as a lighthouse. I didn't see any difference there. And mm -hmm. uh, the problem is that it, it will cost uh, 1,500 bucks. So, Why on earth uh, should yeah. I buy this, even as an VR arcade or or whatever? I don't it, it, see any it, sense for that. Yeah, it, it seemed like with Odin, their main uh, yeah. business was selling to military for military applications for like drone pilot training and stuff like that. That seemed to be their business model. So maybe the consumer version isn't their, you know, their hundred percent focus. But, but they didn't have like some kind of hook. Like, what is their? advantage or is it like purely the service that they provide or is it like the do they also develop software or no the, the biggest advantage they told me is the horrors tracking system so mm. uh they they have uh the the base stations have a wider field of view so um there's a bigger area that you can cover with two sensors um but, <laughs> but they also i think you can them. also do that with the with the lighthouse system With the horror system, uh, you could you could link infinite amounts yeah, of base right. stations for basically a world scale VR experience. Yeah. Um, so, so if, and where that applies, and you you kind of get the idea where they're really focused at military applications is that if you have this big air, air aircraft hangar, for example, you want to use for a training military exercise, you can have you know as many sensors as you need to cover the whole area and and simulate the whole experience in VR. The thing yeah, is as well that. that on like satellites like flying around the earth <laughs> the other thing right. is that they're the only big they're the only headset manufacturer in russia so you know if you're a russian government and you don't want to trust anyone else yeah, like the us then you don't really have a choice so that's probably where they got a lot of their money from i i think so yes but uh for gamers this is uh you can just forget about it <laughs> that's it. interesting thank you for letting us know that so what about um any sort of ar tech you know that you tried at the the show No, there was a lot of uh, AR. Holy shit, <laughs> really. In <laughs> <laughs> nearly every corner, they had an augmented reality headset and I, I tried to, to test them all. And um, the most impressive, I think, was the Realmex, uh, what is it called, Kian? I think Kian. Uh, it has a 100-degree field of view and this is very much for an augmented reality headset. And you can also switch it To, with a cover to a virtual reality headset and this is really oh, wow. impressive yeah and so, what was that one called again um it, it's called real max kian kian okay q-i-a-n q-i-a-n um, yeah the, i think that was the name um and it also has a, a leap motion integrated and you you can oh, nice. um, have room to, uh, scale and uh There was an experience there where we were in an aquarium and we have to uh, catch these fishes with our hands everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was really impressive. And the, the display was very sharp, much better than a Magic Leap or HoloLens. Nice. Uh, nice. And then there was nice. another one called Unreal uh, Light. That was a little bit smaller. It looks like, uh, uh, like, like this one, uh, like, a, like a normal sunglasses, I think. And... Um, The, the field of view was a little bit uh, smaller, like uh, 60, uh, but it has a very good tracking and display as well. So all of the um, AR headsets were really impressive from uh, what uh, the display mm -hmm. belongs. And mm -hmm. 
In terms of the applications, like what what were you doing with the other than the headset and its ergonomics and 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 the kind of form factor? What were you doing you know, software wise that you could see as being a a useful application? Because that's the part mm. that I think I always struggle <laughs> that, with. With that AR. is the biggest yes, exactly. That's the biggest problem. There are only demo apps. There's no Actual. no big app that uh, that is supported. So this is a big problem. But also they they mentioned that. Every of the headsets uh, are developer editions, so uh, you you mm-hmm. can't. It makes no sense for a gamer to, or to buy it now. No. What was the okay. what was the headset you were just showing there? They almost looked like the um, I think it's called Focals by North or something like that. What were the specs that you had? Are those just normal glasses, the, or were they actually? They're what? the Bose ones, right? The ones that you were showing um, just now. The Bose uh, frames. The black. Uh, oh, oh, wait. That, that, yeah, that, that's the that's the both frames. But uh, this is not an augmented reality headset. This is only um, <laughs> I would call it the sunglasses with integrated speakers. No, nothing more. So oh, they yeah. they called it au- audio augmented reality. But uh, this is for me. This is fake news. <laughs> and uh, that uses a uh, is it bone conductive technology? No, no, no. It's just a. Uh, I, I, I. Wait. Put them on. Do they look cool? <laughs> yeah, that's do, all see, do you see the speakers here? There's, oh, there's yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and uh, I can wear it. <laughs> wow. wow. Yeah. <laughs> but but this is, the, the problem here is that uh, the sound is, it's, it's okay. The bass is bad, but um, everybody around you can hear Ignorance. what you are, what you are uh, listening yeah. to. And this is uh, bad. Unacceptable. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why it's I think... Oculus Go managed to fix that. Yeah, exactly. The Oculus Go is amazing. I, I still love the audio platform. For anyone who hasn't tried an Oculus Go, it literally feels like magic the first time you put it on because yeah. at lower volumes, other people can't hear, mm. uh, but you can. And it sounds like it's great, like stereo audio. And then yeah. at loud, louder volumes, it's actually kind of handy uh, for other people to be able to hear. So uh, it's lovely. Yeah. Recently, yeah. I tried a set of sunglasses that are similar to that that had uh, bone conductive technology built in, and that was very cool because no one else can hear yeah, it apart from that's you. That's right. That's awesome. And vibrations through your skull, which is really cool. Um, but they were made by a company called Zungle, and it was a Kickstarter campaign. But the final product was a bit lacking when it finally came out. So I know they're working on a revision two of it. So hopefully that'll be better. But mm. it's interesting to see Bose throwing their hat in the ring as well. But yeah. I think if you've got any questions uh, in the chat for Voodoo about anything that you tried at CES. Then uh, put them in the chat now. Uh, I already have a question from uh, my Rift Kit. He's saying, "What graphics card would the Pimax 5K Plus require, and when do you think they'd be sent out?" Um, the the pre-order. I think the pre-order starts in four days. Uh, at least they promised. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I I would say um, um, graphics card the 5K Plus. Um, if you want, if you really want to have fun with that headset, I would definitely go a minimum for the 1080 Ti. No. A minimum. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Seems fair. Okay. And then we have uh, Chris Richardson who is asking uh, Voodoo DE, did you get a chance to try the Wooger or Wooyer vest at the show? That's the first time I hear this name. <laughs> I have no idea. I tried the tech suit and the Tesla suit, uh, but uh, I, I I have no idea what that is, to be honest. I didn't see that. Maybe, maybe continue on that a little bit. Like, what do you think is the future of like a tactical vest? Do you see a future for that in VR, or is it too um, early, too early days now to to actually see something good happening in the next coming? So the, I think the Tesla suit needs some some more years. Uh, this is not really 
finished, but uh, the tech suit, Mike, you tried this as well when we were uh, at Nazi. <laughs> um, this, this is more it's easier to implement you just wear it and you don't have to uh, remove your clothes like with the te with the tesla suit it, it just works uh, pretty out of the box so i was more impressed uh, with the with the tech suit i tried the new version the developer kit number three at the ces and that was mm -hmm. really impressive to be honest i think i might i might be having one soon as well they're, they're the ones from Bioptics. are those yeah, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, they yeah. promised to send me one as well. I hope uh, this will arrive soon. <laughs> so so me, and, me and Thomas actually met in real life when we got to hang out at Nathie's together. And uh, Nathie's got the B-Haptics vest there. And we were playing around with it and demoing it. And yeah, I never so laughed so much. <laughs> watching Thomas put this thing on because it, they've got this super weird experience. And I've, I think I've mentioned it before on the show, but it's like a, a Japanese girl is touching you in different places. And it's super <laughs> weird, like, you know, um, but you can feel it across your chest and your back. And it and it's just such a funny experience watching you react to that. It was hilarious. Is there, is there uh, a video of that actually somewhere? I hope not. I don't think so. I, don't think so. I, think, I think Voodoo put up some clips of that on, a, on his channel, but it doesn't show the video. No. in its entirety i thought we all thought it was a bit strange but it's a, it a fun demo anyway yeah um so yeah if you've got any other questions please chuck them in the chat now but i just want to sort of recap so your best of show at ces uh was the fold away haptics uh haptic feedback controller yeah for uh, yeah. When, when we look at the vr equipment stuff that it was the most impressive thing for me that's, 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 right. that's really interesting to hear. That's really yeah. interesting to hear. And if, if you want to know more about the Fold Away Haptics, we talk about it for, for quite a bit on last week's episode. So go back and, and, and re-listen to that. Um, but yeah, any other questions in, in the chat for Voodoo? Uh, I haven't really noticed anyone immediately. I got one person asking, was the food any good? Did you have any pizza? <laughs> was the food any good? Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah I love the US food. Uh, but uh, no, um, uh, I'm three... Uh, kilo uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the point actually i, I forgot because we actually we hang out at um at oculus connect five as well because yeah, we, we, we all went out for dinner together and we all had burgers and stuff <laughs> that's right in a, yeah. in, a, in a greasy place where mike i think we even went back and had a milkshake there oh, we did oh, we, I, we loved it we went back yeah we, we scooted back there <laughs> <laughs> um, so let me recap uh, the show times. So if you've got any last minute questions, now's the time. So uh, just a reminder, it's a, a weekly VR, AR and MR talk show live streamed every Saturday on YouTube, Facebook and Twitch. Tune into the show live at 7 p.m. in Europe, 6 p.m. in the UK, 12 midday in Central US. Or check out the audio version available on iTunes, SoundCloud and Anchor. If you do like the show, then please leave us a review on iTunes or subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'd really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, now's the last time to sort of answer any questions for Voodoo before we yeah, say we goodbye. We have uh, Vivian asking, what is the next event that you're going to, Thomas? Oh, uh, I have no idea. I want to stay at home for some days. No, <laughs> no, I, I will visit some VR arcades in Germany and um, they wanted me to do a visit there and uh, show some stuff and perhaps... Uh, 
But I don't there. know the next event. Uh, I would go to the MWC, but I have no time there. So I'm sorry, I cannot <laughs> go there. <Yeah>. Well, hopefully <laughs> uh, we'll meet up with you at a show in the future so we can hang out again. It's always, yeah, always cool to hang out with you. And uh, thanks again for joining us on this episode of the show. We really appreciate you having you here and answering a lot of questions about the stuff that you tried at CES. I think uh, we, we have run on a little bit later than usual, but I thought, you know, as we've got you here, it's a perfect opportunity to ask you a lot of questions. So I hope you guys and girls understand that. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed the show. Please leave your uh, your likes and thumbs up for video in the chat for, for being a part of it. Uh, we'll be back next week, of course, with the freshest VR news and information from the industry. So until then, have a great week in VR and bye-bye for now from all of us here at the F Reality Podcast. Cheers, guys. Take See care. ya. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.